Top story this week, Squidgy's foot is itchy. China unified four separate times, five island trials gone, two hospital visits, one change of medication, so I can say straight life to you. Hello, Treacle. Squidgy is back. Back in my bedroom. In the words of Jurassic 5, hit, here he comes now, back back again. Yeah. It's it's a song. I'm not very good at doing it, but it's a song. Okay. So we're, we're, we're currently actually in my bedroom, not boudoir, that's a separate room. The Technodrome is under construction. It's under um, reconstruction. No, construction. Oh, right, fair enough. I'm, so I'm having turrets installed. Turrets? Oh, yeah, goodness. when the chief comes. Is, is, Keep, keeps him in order. Isn't turrets that thing that you get when you're swearing all the time? That's Tourette's. What? With a shovel. I'll put a beep in there so it sounds like I've beeped it out, how's that? <laughs> Keep this explanation in as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah nice one. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's been a while, but mm. that's cool. How are you? I'm better now, yeah. Brilliant. How have you been? I've been for a Fantastic. Hey! So this is the Waffling Tailors podcast, if you haven't figured that out by now. Oh, oh I'm grizzling unaffiliated Coke. Unaffiliated Coca-Cola. Shout out to a joke in the first podcast. Wait. Yes, that is a reference to our first episode. If you haven't heard the earlier episodes of the podcast, please go back to wafflingtailors.rocks and check out the episodes. If you go to wafflingtailors.rocks slash our podcast or just search on the website for a podcast, you'll get all the podcast links. We put all the show notes on the website. Also, check in your podcatcher for the earlier episodes. If you can't find them there, we're on Twitter at wafflingtailors. And if you're even, if you're still on, don't worry, we just knocked over some stuff. If you're still on Facebook, after the great <laughs> hashtag delete me stuff then you can find us on there as well anyway right okay so yes so we've talked about the website we've talked about the podcast what this podcast is about is it's about two brothers and their friends and just waffling on about video games we go back to the first episode if you haven't heard it we covered 56 56 games thank you 56 games in 63 minutes no i meant six <laughs> right 56 <laughs> games in 63 minutes that's what we talked about um, is definitely worth a listen. We've had some pretty cool people on so far. I've got mm. some people lined up. It's going to be cool. But yeah, they're, they're outside. They are outside. They're being evil, not letting them in. That's it. That's it. Uh, we saw Chief. He said, can I be on your podcast? And we said, no, because you've got to go back to work. So he's at work. That's a bit of an inside joke. But, so it's been a while, Squidgy. Mm. What have you been playing? I suppose is the most important question. Um, a mixture of on and off Pokemon Ultra Sun and Dinosaur Stories 9. The old yeah. controversial hack and slash, which isn't a hack and slash, but it is, but it isn't. What? What? I don't know the controversy. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but no. Um, basically, Dynasty Warriors Nine. Um, yes. If anyone's played Dynasty Warriors, um, or as I can't remember the who put it, but there was a Steam mm-hmm. review. Someone put a Chinese genocide simulator. Um, if anyone's played Dynasty Warriors games, they know that they're very, very fast, very hack and slashy, button bashy, and you've got to be really quick at reading subtitles and just react to stuff. Dynasty Warriors Nine is an open world game, and it's more strategic. Right. So you've got, you might have like the main mission, which has got like a level cap, mm-hmm. like which is a lot higher than yours. And what you do is you get submissions below it. Okay. And when you do the submissions, it lowers the level cap for your main mission because you're weakening like the main force. Okay. And you get other missions as well, like little side missions you don't need to do. Yes. Um, and it's all about the open world. 
Right, okay, yeah. so open world so missions. It's, it's, it's very open world missions, and it's um, if you're not in missions, you can explore. It's it's all about sort of like exploration. You form friendships with people, and the game itself is a hell of a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So the chapters are longer. You can make them a lot shorter just by beasting towards the enemy. There is mm-hmm. a way of doing that, but you, you do the game a bit of a disservice doing that. It's caused a, a wee bit of controversy because people who love Dynasty Warriors, just for how nuts it is normally, mm-hmm. because the game has a, a degree of insanity to it. I remember. Which one was it? Just, just It's tangent, waffling. Which one was it with the horse in the intro? Do you remember? What? The bow roll and yeah, the dropkick? Yeah, yeah, that one. The <laughs> the dropkick was Dynasty Warriors 7. Yes. Where the main character dropkicks a horse. Yes. And then the barrel roll was Dynasty Warriors 8. Right, what I'm going to have to do... Riding a wave and doing a barrel roll over I'll, a wave. What I'll do is I'll find those intro videos on YouTube and I'll put them <laughs> in there. So check the show notes. There will be a link to some of these wacky videos. So like like you said, Dynasty Warriors 6? Dynasty Warriors 7. Sorry, Dynasty Warriors the, the, the main character who's... Um, if you think Dynasty Warriors is it's the guy with the spear. I can't remember his name for the life of me. That's all right. There's about 12 it, million it, characters. Yeah, it starts off with his intro and basically that game was where you could have two weapons mm-hmm. and you could use all the weapons even if you weren't like versed in them so, oh, right, some okay. sort of thing. so you could flip weapons and that was shown in the intro one of the things that he was doing was he was running along a row of horses because you know people can do that mm-hmm. running along a row of horses and then one of them he couldn't run over it so he kicked it in the face and it did a slow-mo um, yes. like zoom up of him kicking this horse in the face yes no horses were hammed during the making of that CG foot scene uh, foot scene yeah foot so, scene yeah so it kicked him in the face yes. and then he dove off that got onto another horse and started belting it down the road the game after uh, that can I just say uh, for our international audience belting it down the road running fast running fast or travelling fast okay yeah cool uh, the next game along the same guy is possibly on the same horse he kicked I think he's he's it's running like... away from a, a wave yes a yeah. tidal wave yeah yeah, yeah. And he's getting a lot of arrows shot at him, and he barrel rolls over yeah. these arrows. So you know, this, like... this this is this is continuing from Dynasty Warriors either six or five. Mm-hmm. One of the characters runs down a waterfall. Yeah, yeah. While fighting another character who's also yeah. running down a waterfall. Now you see that one, you can kind of get behind because it's this idea of like, let's be honest, the Dynasty Warriors games are martial arts movies. Oh yeah, they have that sort of level of mysticism <laughs> to them. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the inclusion of the barrel-rolling horse. And we're talking barrel-roll like uh, Star Fox, you know, when... Uh... Fox do a barrel-roll. Yeah, exactly. Shut up! Yeah, that. That what, kind whatever of... Whatever the name So, gallop, was. gallop, 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 jump, roll in the air, back to the feet, gallop, gallop, gallop. So that was kind of really silly. I really liked it, though. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Dynasty Warriors 9, sorry. It's, it's very open-world. A lot of people, I'm not going to name names here, but a lot of people on the net didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was open-world, they... Um, they didn't use the same voice actors. It's, it's kind of like they've got voice actors who, who phoned it in, kind of, for yes. some of them. Some of them who voice actors are, are all right. Some of them are just diabolical. Mm-hmm. So what I tend to do is I play it with the sound off because I've I've heard the music before. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same sort of music, slightly updated with a few more guitars, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no dubstep, though. Thank Christ for that. Yeah, that's the bit that really confuses me. Like The Dynasty Warriors games, the music is kind of techno-y, guitar rock shreddiness. Yeah. And the Samurai Warriors games is... It's kind of like dubstep, isn't it? It's, dubstep-y it's, dance music. Yeah, which, which is I, weird. Which I don't mind so much because they, they implement some traditional Japanese yeah, like instruments the, in them. The, um, are you thinking, Rin? Is, is it shamisen? So, yeah, like the shamisen. Yeah, yeah. Shamisen, I was so, close. I was close. I did try. So what's really cool about that is um, I really dig that kind of music because there's a there was... It's a random tangent again. There was a Japanese... Um, we got tangents for days. Uh, tangents for days. 
So there was a Japanese band by the name of Rin, R-I-N, and then an apostrophe, and they played pop and dance music, but with traditional Japanese instruments, so like samisens and kotos, the traditional Japanese flutes. Like a and... triangle. Triangle in there? There's no triangles in it. No triangles. Absolutely fantastic. If you have the chance to Google them and find out a little bit about them, brilliant. There's a song that they did on their album that was all about the uh, the tale of Genji called Genji Monogatari. The song, I think, is Murasaki something or other. Or it's been a long time since I've like, looked. I just go, oh, yes, that one, please. That song is brilliant. <laughs> and there is a song on the album, right, that I am convinced should be called Raised on the Streets, the Sesame Streets. Because it's like <laughs> it starts with this like hip-hoppy... <laughs> And then, like, it goes into this this brilliant, beautiful piece of flute music, but it sounds like it's come straight from an episode of Sesame Street. So, so it's, it's like the drum beat, the drum beat. Every day, taking the blues away. Don't know so wise. That's fab. <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, I apologise, everyone, for my attempt at beatboxing, but I think it was worth it just for that bit. Yeah, what you were doing was beatboxing. Beat bopping. Well, whatever. So you were talking about the mute. You've muted the game because yeah, you can't um, the, stand the, the voice acting. The, this is just the English voice acting. Um, you've got English, Japanese, and Korean for some reason. You can choose on there. It, it hasn't been on there before. There is there is English, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, and I think German. Or is it Italian? Um, with with every version of the game mm-hmm. normally, but there's only three. I could be wrong. I probably am. Um, okay. But what I, in, instead of sort of just muting the voices. Yes. I just mute the TV yes. because I've heard the music before. <laughs> so you're alright with not hearing the music? Yeah, right? I'm alright with not hearing the music. So, Plus, because it's not that fast, I've got time to read the subtitles. So which vocal tracks do you have on you, even though you're muting it? Which one can you not stand? Is it the English dub? It's the it's just some of them. And I found out it's mostly the people they're hired to do the, the Wu Forces. It's really weird because the Wu Forces, it's the Sun family. Right. Okay. Um... Well, but they're called the, the woo. I, I don't know why. But the the ones in red, okay, the, that's quite cool. iconic for being the the red fort. You got red, green, blue, and then other. Oh, there's there's gin as well, which is light blue. Yeah. Um. The the um. But that's cool. The lighter flavour. But it's I've I found it's mostly the people that got to do the 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 characters in woo. I can't stand. Okay. It's just I don't know what it is about them. I mean, after a while you get used to it, but it's just kind of like it sounds like the guy's reading the line. Yes. But he's got no idea of like pauses and how to emphasise emotion. Do you mean no no idea of pauses William Shatner or no idea of pauses Christopher Walken? Both. Wow. It's not terrible. Yes. It's bordering on so bad it's a cult classic type thing. It's not as bad as, but it's kind of like, you know, the iconic Tails, you're going to crash. Ah! Oh, yeah, Sonic yeah. Adventure. It, it's yeah. kind of like that. It's on that sort of level, not as bad, but on that level. And this is a AAA game in 2018. Yeah, Yeah, but, right, by the same token, right, you've got... So it's the English dub, right? So the English dub has to be acted out to match the Japanese animations. And they have to do the English dub, like, in a day or two days. You know, they've got a very short time, period, time span to record all the dialogue. So I can kind of understand why it's badly acted. Because they haven't had much time, and like, if you're playing a AAA title where there is one story, and every on all the cinematics, what usually happens is you get the voice actors in, and they watch it on screen, and they match their reading of the dialogue to what's happening on screen. Mm. But if it's 
if it's half a million things are happening at once in the game, like mid-game stuff and in the 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 CGI stuff, you can't usually get the voice actors in a room to read the dialogue out with context. Mm. So I can kind of understand that. Mm. I can I can completely understand that. Mm. But yeah, yeah, like you said, it's 2018. It's a AAA title. See, Pretty naff dialogue. What, what I'd love yes. is if you got. Let's see, who should we have? All you'd need is three voice actors. You need a deep voice voice actor, mm-hmm. uh, like a, an average voice voice actor mm-hmm. for the males, and one voice actor for the female. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. So I'm thinking the deep voice actor. If you replaced all the different people that got in, if you have Brian Blessed for the deep voice, oh, yeah. right? Tommy Wiseau for the rest. Oh no! Right. <laughs> and um, you know we don't even need a female we'll just get Joe Pasquale to do all the female voices <laughs> I would listen to that how bad that would be I can't think of an exact example for uh, Joe Pasquale for our international audience but Brian Blessed you did say Brian Blessed didn't yeah Toy Master well yeah Toy Master so Brian Blessed if you've ever seen oh god uh, Blackadder, Blackadder. Yeah. the first series of Blackadder he has a very big Big sounding voice, a little like this. And a massive beard. To and a very, very big beard. He's, I, he's got a beard small beards could nest in. I just want to apologise now for my bad impersonation of Brian Blessed. Because it doesn't even it doesn't even live up to the panache that he brings to everything. It kind of sounded like you, you had a throat infection and you are having things inserted into you when you were doing that. So Resident Evil <laughs> turned... <laughs> Quick random tangent. Get away from that. So Resident Evil <laughs> turned twenty-two in the in the time between us two being together and recording another episode. Mm. Um, through the magic of podcasts, that'll be a month away from when we put this out. Mm. But um, Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil, like Biohazard, turned, that's the one. Turned twenty-two this month, and what I thought was really weird about that was the official Resident Evil um, Twitter account put out a video. For happy birthday, Resident Evil. It was the um, the cast bit from the intro, the full color censored director's cut version. So it's like the the, you see the PAL the... director's cut was you had the full color one. The I found because I, I was looking the other day, the American director's cut had the rocking music, and it also if you got the right version of it, I think it was a Dual Shock version. It was uncut. See, the intro. This is what confused me, right? So it was the so first of all, it's the full color intro. Mm. So you get right. Yeah. Secondly, it was the cut version of the intro, and and it literally was just the bit that showed in the cast role at the beginning, and you see cast, and then you see Chris Redfield, and then Jill Valentine, and then it cut right. But what was really weird was it was full color, right? Mm. It was the cut version because and I knew that because Chris doesn't light a cigarette. It was the cut version. Mm. You know the bit that's overlaid on top of the other video. Then it cut to Jill and she did her thing, right? But it didn't have the um the, the really rocking music behind it. It had like the it was the director's cut music. You know the, no, that was the original music. The director's cut that put the rocking music in. Are you sure? Yeah. Because I was watching the speedrun the other day and it was someone doing um director's cut and it was like I think it was like Chris no, it was Jill kill everything. Because okay. you get enough ammunition in the game to kill absolutely everything, uh, right, right, apart okay. from things like the beds and the tentacles, because mm-hmm. you can't kill that many beds in one go. But yeah, the American version was what had the rocking tune mm-hmm. of the director's cut, mm-hmm. the American version. Um, the American normal version had the weird music. Mm-hmm. We played the director's cut originally, mm-hmm. and it had the rocking music anyway. 
the only thing that we didn't get was the um the uncut intro so you didn't see the dog getting shot you didn't see joseph getting nibbled yeah. um and we didn't see chris with his lighter but we did get the doom, 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 doom. Yeah. chris redfield So yeah, that turned twenty-two this this month. Um, so that was pretty cool. It's only so, eight years younger than me. Yeah, exactly. It's it's fab. Um, so that got me sort of thinking about Resident Evil and where it's come from and where it's going. Fun fact: we have written about. Oh, I say we. Um, Scridgy has written a lot about the Resident Evil games so far on our website. So go to waffleintailers.rocks and search for Resident Evil. Mm. I'll put a link in the show notes to that search, and you can read all of the stuff. Um, you've How covered, dare you attack my island? That's it. So you've covered, um, <laughs> you've covered the original. You've covered before Resident Evil Seven came out. Yeah, you have. You've covered the original. Have I? Yep. You've in, not in this order, ah, right? But um, the all right. So the order in which you released them was Resident Seven, Evil Seven. Yeah. That was the very first post that you did. Then there was Resident Evil Director's Cut. Uh, no, sorry, a Dreamcast. So Resident Evil Code Veronica, and Resident Evil the original, and. I Revelations. Oh yes, and the two about Revelations. So you've already written about quite a few. Mm. Um, so that's pretty cool. So definitely go check, oh, check those out. Oh, Gaiden, yes! Gaiden. You know why I didn't remember that, don't Because it's not canon, that's why I didn't remember it. But that's cool. But yes, so you've written about those. Uh, that's pretty cool. What also happened this month is Resident Evil 2 turned 20. So that's pretty cool. In my opinion, uh, now admittedly I haven't played them all, Right, I've played Resident Evil and all, all of the incarnations of the first game. Including the remakes and the remasters and the re-releases on other the consoles. The remake of the remaster HD. That's the one. Holy Wibble edition. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Super Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Uber Championship Dual Fart edition. X-Alpha. X-Alpha Dual Fart edition. X-Alpha Alpha X. That's the one, right? So I've played the original version <laughs> that's been re-released on pretty much everything. I've played Resident Evil 2 on uh, on everything on everything it's been released on. I've played Resident Evil 3 only on the PlayStation. You played the game conversion. All right, apart from the game content. <laughs> Resident Evil 3 on the PlayStation, uh, Code Veronica, 4 and 5, and I gave up after that. So I haven't played 6 or Revelations, Revelations 2. I have played 7, and I finished that, do you remember? Because you yeah. helped me out on the ship. Oh, right? yeah, because you only had a set amount of time and I had to beat through the ship for you, didn't I? But that gives you a bit of context for what I'm about to say. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 is the pinnacle of Resident Evil games for me. It's the best one in the series of the games that I've played. Very close second, Code Veronica. Um, I adore the original. But Resident Evil 2 is right up at the top. It's the best one. Resident Evil 2 was actually the first Resident Evil I played. And I was at a friend's house. And his old brother went, oh, let's, let's, let's scare the crap out of him. And he gave me the pad. And I'd never h- held a PlayStation pad before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it was Claire in the street. And there you are. And I was, I was looking at what the, what the... And in three seconds, I was munched to death. Oh, yes. Because obviously, he put me on hard. You know? well, yeah. And I sort of saw that, and I went, what am I playing? Is this like a, a, a zombie? You feed the zombies? What's going on? <laughs> feed and the then, zombies. And then from that... Can I just say really quick, indie video game developers, feed the zombies. Get on it. Carry on. <laughs> what we need is a small screen Tamagotchi version where you just feed them. <gasps> 
Yes! A zombie Tamagotchi. Zombie Tamagotchi indie video game developers. Get on it. I want something like that on my phone. <laughs> right? Carry on. Sorry, yeah. So yeah. I feed the zombies the game. Yeah. Um, so after that, I, I sort of... I didn't know what it was at all. And then, do you remember... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Resident yeah. Evil was yeah. rented for us from Blockbuster. Yes. And we got precisely 10 seconds into it. Yes. Oh, it was like half yeah, an hour yeah, into yeah, it because yeah. we didn't know what was going on. And then I managed to wangle a copy for myself. Yes. But it was the, the do you remember it was the double double case yes. edition I had. Yeah. I got that and then quite shortly after that I got the, the cheat cartridge. Mm-hmm. So I cheated my way through the first one. And so, then I got my hand on the second one and I yeah. completed that. Just real quick for context. Uh, for people who aren't yeah, in the UK. Fair, sorry. Right? People who aren't in the UK, a lot of disc based video games for the PlayStation and Dreamcast, especially the Dreamcast, but a few on the PlayStation, were released in this in this country with um, double disc cases and primarily that was because the manuals had to be bigger because they had to cover English, French, German, Spanish and Italian. Yeah, I was going to say Italian, Sorry, yeah. So you got the cartridge yeah. and you were cheating. I got the cartridge and I cheated my way through it. Mm-hmm. And um, then then eventually, two years after that, I got my hands on the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I originally played the second one first mm-hmm. for like all of ten seconds I got my hmm. butt kicked. And now, when I look, now if I load up the second game, I remember precisely where I died as well, hmm. the, the exact spot on the screen as well. But as, as you're saying for your Resident Evils, you said you haven't played six. You've seen me play section to six, haven't you? Yes, that's um, the one where it like flashes back to a mansion, and you're Chris and Jill, and you have to take on. No, that's that's Resi Five. That that's that was. Is that the DLC? That was the DLC, but in the right. main game, it was a part. It was a plot part for where Jill risked her life. To save we- uh, save Chris, because Wesker was going to kill him, and they were in a mansion. She yeah. dove at him, grabbed him, and dove out of a window. And then yeah, so then we- that, so that sets up Wesker controlling her in six, which is no, why- in five. Okay, yeah, which is why she wore the suit with the the, the the battle suit with the red gem, yeah, the red gem in her chest, which is where they stole that to try and sort of shoehorn it into whichever Resident Evil film it was. Second, the to- end of the second film to try and bring it back into the series. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the end of the second film, because there was Resident Evil. Resident Evil. No, fourth. Yeah, that's the, the one. The one on the um, the one after the the. It's basically let's make Alice Amelia Earhart. That's the one. Yeah, where she was in a little plane, and then yeah. she, she found um, Claire Redfield again, um, and she had that device in her chest, and they found totally not Sherry. Let's call her Kmart, and then they went to the prison. And the shoehorned Chris Redfield in, which is the guy from uh, Prison Break. You see, if if. It's the same thing, right? It's the same thing with Super Mario Brothers. We'll come back to Resident Evil games in a minute, right? But if you take everything about the Resident Evil movies that is a reference to or something to do with the series of games and strip them out, the first movie becomes a pretty good action zombie horror movie. Hmm. The rest become kind of fun, sort of kitschy action movies with zombies, uh, with sci-fi elements. And the same thing could be a similar thing, not exactly the same. This, a similar thing can be said about the Super Mario Brothers movie. If you remove exactly, that's exactly it. If you remove everything from the Super Mario Brothers movie that is related to any Nintendo property, it's a kind of fun Dis- family sort of like universe fiction. dystopian yeah. thing going on. So the person who wrote it was so he wrote it. I forget his name now, but he wrote the film, and then on the set. The directors were rewriting scenes. <laughs> the producers were re- rewriting the rewrites to the scenes. So nobody knew what they were doing. 
So Luiziamo, who played Luigi, and Bob Hoskins. Uh, Bob Hoskins was drunk Mario. most of the time. Wasn't he? Yeah, they they were drunk on set, which was why Bob Hoskins ended up breaking a toe or his hand or something on the set during a stunt. And Luiziamo spent most of his evenings getting high. That's just because it was plagued with such. But like I say, if you take all of the things that that are even slightly related to a Nintendo property out of the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's kind of a fun, doesn't really make a lot of sense, a science fiction-y family film. Interesting point, right? You just just real quick tangent. Yeah. If at any point during this you hear, I've got like a chair backer thing, and it's when we sort of move, because yeah. it's got beads inside, just yeah, just so for when you hear that sound. If, effectively, you're sat on a beanbag, effectively. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, essentially fine. sat on a beanbag, just yeah. in case you hear some weird... But yeah, in the Super Mario Brothers movie, the two characters who were sent through to New York to find Daisy... Yes. All of their lines were ad-libbed on the set. You're kidding me. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. They call it dog. The entire... Th- every Throw the meat away and eat the thing. Yeah. Every single one of their lines was ad-libbed. Did the right script. Were they actually in the movie? They were in the movie. <laughs> Just no lines. Their lines were crap. Um, and so they decided they got with the first assistant director and they said look let's just film our scenes in two or three days and get it done with and then we can all go home and the first assistant director went sounds good to me Um, and they said look these lines are naff can we just make our own up and he went dude you haven't seen what's happening on the main set let's just get this done if you want to make your lines up let's do it and then we can all go home so that's basically what happened with that right trust the fungus trust the fungus yeah right but yeah so going back to Resident Evil so you said (laughs) You said that, because uh, I haven't played Resident Evil 6, but I've seen you play Resident Evil 6. So is Resident Evil oh, yeah. 6 the one with Leon? Resident Evil 6 is the one where they introduced uh, two new characters. So you had, well, three new characters. You had Chris and Pierce. Yeah, yeah. So in the story of Resident Evil 6, three new characters are introduced. You've got three classic characters in the main story. Yep. In the, there's three separate campaigns that in, interlink. Yep. Over the space of, I think, about two months. Because like, stuff happens. So you've got Chris, Leon, and... Sherry Birkin, yes, who now works for the BSA, I believe. Yes, no, she doesn't. She works for NSA, I think it is. Anyway, so you've got you've got Chris, and you find out that due to certain events, um, he's in a bar getting rat-assed. And Pierce, Just, rat-assed means really drunk. Drunk, absolutely smashed, couldn't spell his own face. That's so he's, that's happening, and members of the BSA try to grab him and bring him back and try and make him remember because he's got like a bit of post-traumatic stress disorder and he's losing memories. You've got Leon who's working with a woman called Helena. I can't remember her last name. That's the next character. And you, st- his story starts off, you shoot the president. So it goes to a good start. right? And then um, you've got Sherry Birkin who's, who's trying to find Jake Mueller. Massive spoilers here. What it actually goes to is Jake is Wesker's son. It's Albert Wesker's son. And with the massive virus that's going on, he's completely immune to it. But he's working as a mercenary. When you, when you first said his name... Jake I, Mueller? I desperately, when you went Jake, I went, I wanted to go, Ramore. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. Drake Ramore. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's Jake Mueller. I'm probably wrong, but it's Jake something. And what happens is, Sherry finds him, and the only way she can get him to come in to sort of analyse his blood to, to get a cure for it is she has to pay him an extraordinary amount of money. Like, high scientists or celebrities or people on Love Island, we're talking multi-million dollar money here, uh, just for a sample of his blood. But obviously, the, the one part of his gameplay is you can put your weapons away and fight hand-to-hand, which I never did. But those are the three three new characters for the three separate storylines, and each storyline's kind of different. You've got Chris, which is pure action, 
Um, yeah. So you've got Chris, which is pure action. Yeah. You've got Leon, which is sort of like the horror story element, because there's a lot of intense defend this very quickly and then run like hell. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. And then with Sherry and Jake, it's more sort of... It's a mixture of the action, the horror, and in one section, sort of sneaky espionage, which is really weird. But you, what you do is you, you essentially you play the game six times. Okay. Because when you play a game as one character, you pick up weapons as you go through the playthrough. Okay. If you start a later chapter with a second character, if you haven't got the weapons from previous levels, you don't have them. Mm. So you've you basically got to start from start to finish with each character. And you do it six times. The only thing that I've found about it is it takes way too long. There's, you can skip cutscenes, but the game is way too long. So like if you played one of the six in one go, it might take you, like, first time round, it could take you a good five hours. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's it's a bit off-putting. And you've got, like, different, like, a, a mercenaries mode deal, and the, you've got, like, assault mode deal scenes. Yeah. They, they did, like, a link to the Capcom website. You could get unlocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the cool things when you completed it is you got Ada's story. And Ada, when you play through Ada's story... She, Ada! Ada! Ada, wait! She, she's involved in all three of the, the different storylines. Yes. And when you play hers... If if the the story's fresh in your mind, you realise that she's behind the scenes helping him along. Like there's a prime example. Um, there's a part where Sherry and Jake are on a a boat going down on this floating raft in China, going down a river. You're slow boat to China. That's the one. Yeah. Do 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 do. That was my attempt at anything blues like. Carry on. There's an old blues song called "On a Slow Boat to China." Oh, I just, I just when when you said blues, I had the idea of a banjo in my head, an electric banjo. Through a distortion pedal. Playing classical banjo. <laughs> anyway, no, bluegrass so, gangster rap. On a banjo. Yes. Through a, a synthesised banjo. That's the one. Yeah. So um, there's a part where you're on a raft and there's what's seemingly an invincible enemy and you just got to knock him back because you're going down the river. Yes. And it gets to a point where you it, you find it really hard to dodge this enemy. He's got like blades up the wazoo all over the place. It's very hard to dodge. And then there's a part where there's a boat with a big fan your boat's going towards it and two things happen first of all he gets knocked back for no reason into the blades and then because Sherry's still on the boat someone grabs her and flicks her to where Jake is but when you play Sherry you don't find out who grabs you because you're sort of like whoa what's going on when you play as Ada you find out that one of the mission things is you've got to shoot the thing to knock it into the blades right and then the person who saves Sherry is Ada she swoops in grabs her throws her and then goes up top Ada plays an active part in Leon's story and in Chris's story there's someone masquerading as Ada killing his men one by one and that's Chris's motivation to catch Ada but the Ada you play as is in one costume and the doppelganger Ada is in a different one and he can't tell the difference and that's I think right. I know why it's uh, melon poisoning that's it, yeah, the muscles in his arms giving him melon poisoning it started in Reggie Five. It's deep in his brain because he's smuggling melons up his arms. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know? What I think would make a really cool article unless it's already been done. All of the references to Ada Wong in every single Resident Evil game because she's the one constant. She's the character who's in every single one. Yes, Wesker turns up every now and again, but Ada is in every single one. I don't know if she's in zero. Could be wrong. She's oh. she's in one in a password name only. Oh, an actual. There's a file we find in the labs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John, John's I, looking for his girlfriend, Ada. Yeah, I don't know if she's in Zero. She's in all of them. She's yeah. um, she's even in... No, I'm thinking the, the battle mode in the Dreamcast version of 2. She's, I think she's referenced, or there's a thing about her in 3. Mm. In 4, she's a main character. 
in five, she's in mercenaries mode. Which implies that she's part of the story on the way through the game. No, she's not in mercenaries mode. I was thinking four. Well, maybe she's not in Resident Evil 5 then. I know she's in 6, and Resident Evil 7 is sort of like a a, yeah, it's, a separate story. Well, it's, it's it's weird. It's I'm pretty sure everyone's played Resident Evil 7 by now. Oh, who wants to I'll play? I'll tell you what, right? Let's, yeah, yeah, we'll do the yeah. spoiler bit, and then I'll Well, there's do... no spoilers. I'm just going to say, like, a timeline. Well, what I'm going to say is, right? So I'll just... What I'm about <laughs> to say is a spoiler for Resident Evil 7. So if you haven't played it by now, then I'm sorry. But, right... I'm going to take the I. This is a joke, by the way. I'm going to take the IMDb route of reference. Right, <laughs> Resident Evil Seven is a Resident Evil game, reference to Ada One. That's reference number one. That's how IMDb works. Have you, if you ever look through all the references that people put on on films on IMDb, they're like, this film has words in it, therefore it's a reference to this other film. They, they, some people put the most hashtag good review. Yeah, right. <laughs> some people put the most tenuous of links. Right. But um, the IMDb one would be Resident Evil 7 has Chris Redfield in it. Kind of. Chris Redfield, well it is Chris Redfield, it's been mm. confirmed, was in Resident Evil. Resident Evil has the word Ada on a file. Ada Wong is in Resident Evil 2. Half-Life 3 confirmed. It's kind of like a seven degrees of separation, not the Kevin Bacon version. How many was that? So there's Resident Evil goes to Chris Redfield. Goes, six. So Resident Evil 7 goes to Chris Redfield. Goes to Resident Evil, goes to Resident Evil Two. Oh no, it goes uh, Resident Evil goes to Ada Wong written on a wall mm. or in a file. Goes to Resident Evil Two, goes to Ada Wong. That's six degrees of separation. Anyway, moving on. Right, so uh, you were talking about. I've completely lost my so train of thought. Let's just just so, yeah. just random times. You know, we say like um, like written reviews and stuff. Yes. Right. I kid you not. This is no other lie. Um, a few years ago, I was looking for a second controller. Um guitar controller for rock band yes right? I remember you no, it was guitar the story. Hero. it was yeah. guitar hero and it was, it was kind of hard trying to find a, an official one by itself so I was looking yes. for a third party one and I found a, a third party uh, white guitar that was compatible with guitar hero so I was hang on for Xbox 360 okay. right? I feel like and, that needs to be told us about this and story. I was I was reading the reviews this was this was Way before the Xbox One came out, yes. or the Xbox, I was reading the reviews, and I kid you not, one of the reviews. This is why I don't look at reviews for anything. One of the reviews said this guitar is no good because it's not compatible with Call of Duty. On honest, that's what it said. And I, I you know, you look at something and you think, do you live on Earth? The guy has got a point. You know, for for a first person shooter, a, a guitar. I mean, for 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 Dark Souls, yeah, it'll work. But, but you see, you're saying this, right? You're saying this, but we routinely used to play a virtual fighter on the Sega Saturn with a steering wheel. That that was possible, though. And it was fun. And it was fun. That was the difference. We're, we're not talking about a fast-paced, semi-tactical army simulation first-person shooter. Know tactics about Call of Duty. That's what, what, you said, do, what you do is you point your gun in the direction of the next checkpoint and you run forward. That's how you play single-player Call of Duty. I don't know. Call of Duty's got a single-player mode. Right, so um, so Resident Evil Six. So there's Resident Evil <laughs> Seven. The, no, what I was going to say was Resident is, Evil Seven. Um, the the storyline is kind of at the same time. Can I just jump in and say welcome to the Resident Evil podcast? Yay! <laughs> so yeah, so Resident just a moment. I love it. So, <laughs> Resident Evil Seven. The storyline happens at a slightly different time. You've got Revelations 1 and 2. I never played those, but I liked watching you play them. <laughs> I obviously never played Resident Evil Online because there was no point in playing offline online games. Oh, Outbreak. That's the one. Outbreak and Outbreak right. File 2. 
So of the res and obviously I'm not counting Gaiden because it's not part of the canon, as well as Raccoon City Operation, Call of Duty, McShooty Bang. You never liked that, did you? It, it's not a Resident Evil game. It's a run and gun. <laughs> anyway, I did. I loved right? it. So of those games, where is the pinnacle for you? What's the best one? If you can say such a thing, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking statistic-wise, before Resident Evil Seven came out, Resi Five okay. was the best-selling Resident Evil. Five point of million. I'm, I'm not talking. No, no, bear with okay. me. Right. Five point of million copies, right? Yep. And then Resi Seven came out, which is first person. Yeah. The third, one, two, fourth first person title, mm-hmm. um, which is Resident Evil related, and that that was their quickest selling, most selling. Uh, Resident Evil title. I wasn't. Resident Evil Seven was fun, but it, for me, it was more like um, a, a walking nudging simulator. Because a lot of the enemies in that, especially early game, you could just nudge by them if you got the angle right, which was which was handy. I mean, I, I died a lot in that, so I was repeating a lot of the same stuff. So it was an, it turned into a nudging simulator, mm-hmm. and then you got to the last part of it where you just shot everything in sight. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It did have a, a unique story to it. I don't know. I I kind of I missed fixed camera angles. Okay. I really miss fixed camera angles. They um, see they add to the horror element. They do because you don't know what's around the corner. That's literally it. That's why technologically, that's not why they used fixed camera angles mm. in the first Resident Evil game, but that's why they used them as a staple for the first four or five. Four? Yeah, because Resident Evil four. four, four yeah, because yeah, Resident Evil four was over the shoulder. Mm. So yeah, the first four games: one, two, three, Veronica. Mm. Well, five zero. Oh yeah, zero. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The first five Resident Evil, the first five official canon Resident Evil games, used fixed camera angles, and sometimes the camera angle tracked as well. But they used the fixed camera angles idea as a way of amplifying the survival horror part of the survival horror game. Whereas until Resident Evil Seven, they weren't survival horror; they were run and guns, action shooty bang bang. Yeah. Which for me, Resi Five was the the pinnacle for that, because it was just it was co-op. Oh, cop, and it was really fun. I'll, I'll mention something about that in a second. But the, another reason why it was um, over the shoulder, static backgrounds and stuff, it was for like the hardware. Uh, you but mean the, the, the original? Yeah, so yeah. fixed camera angles. Yeah, you mean. it was the fixed camera angles. It was like limitations for the hardware. No, of course, yeah, well. yeah. So, yeah. so in the first game, they used fixed camera angles because it was an issue with the hardware. They they couldn't they couldn't three D animate the entire area. So the, for a lot of the mansion, it was a two D image that you moved the characters around, yeah. or rather you moved your character around and a zombie character would move around with you because that was easier to do because yeah. Resident Evil came out at a time when 3D, uh, well, 3D video games on the PlayStation was, <laughs> was new. Yeah. I mean, the PlayStation was designed from the ground up to do 3D, but like 3D video games on a home console that ran at 30 frames a second that were... You know, of the quality of of that day, it was all new tech. It was new technology, new stuff. So you you couldn't spend months figuring out how to three D animate an entire area, no. just to find out that it wouldn't work or that you'd have to that you'd have to do a Silent Hill and put the fog there mm. because you couldn't animate everything because you you had a very small animation. Um, so so sort of like the games at the time. You're talking like um, I think it's just called Ninja. That one. Yeah. There was Ninja, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Um, sort of like the three D games, yeah, and that's the sort of if you if you look back with uh, if you like find footage of it and you you look at them games, I mean it's very dated now, but that was the sort of the engine they had to work with. 
and they wanted something that would stand out. Obviously, Capcom wanted something that was revolutionary. You also that would stand out and pop as well. You and also have to remember that those games, Ninja, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, they all used primary colours. Yeah. They didn't use textures. There was no texture mapping, mm. which takes up memory because you've got to load the textures in. Yeah. You, they didn't use uh, blitting or normalisation or any of these cool 3D graphics stuff mm. you can do. Whereas the first Resident Evil game used it all. Yeah, and so, they, they, they hid the door animations. To, that's what they did, so you didn't they, see it loading in the background. It yeah, was all the, the, door animations. The, 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 like, the, the staple Resident Evil door animation was because they couldn't get the rooms to load fast enough as you move between them in the first Resident Evil game. So they added a loading screen, mm. but hid it but had a door animation. that You could skip on the Windows version because you didn't need to load anything, but because it was loading from optical media and the seek time on a disc is... On a on a it's optical slowly. media disc is yeah. terrible, yeah. but that's not you know that that that's yeah. why they did it. Just on the off chance that when also when you a zombie's chasing you and you're on danger, and it's just mm. about grabs you and you click and you go, well, come on, come on, don't get through, don't get through, don't get through. And you made it through and then your character's still like, oh, I'm dying. Yeah, on, but that, but like <laughs> the work that went into making Resident Evil and Resident Evil Two allowed them to make things like the first Dino Crisis game. You know that that had fixed camera angles, but it had moving tracking, tracking. camera angles. Yeah, and, and that was that 3D was environments. And that was uh, Capcom's first title, and it wouldn't be introduced till Resi Five. That it was like a fixed camera angle game from them, well not Resi Five, where you could walk and aim. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, Resident Evil Six. You could walk and aim on that one. Dino Crisis and Dino Crisis Two was fixed camera angles, given that those dinosaurs and the zombies, all those zombie dinosaurs. I, I think I just wet myself. Um, you could aim and, and move, mm-hmm. and most of the time when that happened, you had long drawn out corridors, yeah, of course. and the camera would be fixed, yeah. but it'd be like on a roll, on, yeah. a, on a trolley. Uh, the reason they did that was to enhance again the survival horror element. Yeah, that that did. You didn't I mean, know. at a certain point, it was less horror, more annoying. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but right, you're skirting around the issue. Arrange the the Resident Evil games so you get the top two. What are the top two for you? Not the top two sales, not the top two most popular. Oh yeah, for um, you, it's difficult, isn't it? I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's difficult. Due to my past opinions, mm. Resident Evil 2 is number three. Oh. Yeah. My top two spot is Resident Evil Gaiden. Just because to start off in that game is really difficult. If you die at any point before you find a save point, you start from the beginning. Plus, you play as Barry effing Burton. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything with Barry Burton, they should have him in every Resident Evil game, if I'm honest. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I mean, he's still after his Jill sandwich, isn't he? Oh, Barry! Yeah. So, right, so... So, so that's number two. Okay. And number one would have to be... <laughs> not the story mode, but the raid mode in, Mes- in Resident Evil Revelations 2. I've spent more time in raid mode in Revelations 2 than I have replaying Re- Resident Evil 2. And okay. that's, that's over PC, Xbox 360, PS3... PS4 and the Nintendo Switch. They really saw you coming with that game, didn't they? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, I've ploughed so many hours into that. Just, completely. Just to lead into a joke I've just come up with. And an idea I've just come up with. What was the name of that Jake fella? Jake Mueller. Dr. Drake Romero. Listen, indie video games developers. <laughs> I want, right, what would be really, really cool. Right? Uh, hang, hang on, hang on. Did, didn't mum teach you anything? I want never gets. Okay, I would like indie go. game developers. Dear Santa. <laughs> yeah, dear video game Santa. <laughs> dear video game Jesus. It's like Gabe Newell with a massive beard. That, what? <laughs> is Gabe Newell not video game Santa? You he's, never he's see Valve the, Santa. 
You never see them in the same room together. What? Gabe Newell and Fowl? No. Like Gabe Newell and Santa? Gabe Newell and Video Game Santa. Hang on, you don't see Dwayne Johnson and Video Game Santa in the same room, either. That's true. So... Yeah, <laughs> keep it in. Of course, uh, that was yeah. No, seriously, do your jeans up. <laughs> right. So, indie video game developers, here's an idea for you. you. Can have this one for free. You'd need to go to Fox to get the rights to it, though. Japanese dating sim. Friends. I mean, yeah. Considering that there's a dating sim that involves mm-hmm. pigeons, which I've got on the PS4. There's a dating sim for attack choppers, mm-hmm. and there's a dating sim for battle tanks. There you go. Yeah, so there's that. But yes. what was one about? Fallout? Resident Evil. So Resident Evil Revelations 2 is the top most. Yeah, it's um, it was Resident Evil 2, and then I found Raid Mode. Because I, I got it originally when it was being released on a weekly basis. Oh, the Raid Mode? No, the, the main game, the oh, episodic right. game. And what, okay. what would happen was you play the story, mm-hmm. and then you get given so much of the Raid Mode mm-hmm. to play while you're waiting for the next part of the story. And it was a really, really cool um, like release tool they had. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of got into that. I got so far and I realised I messed up and I'd start again with a different character. And there was a lot of that going on while I was learning it. Mm-hmm. And then me and Ike, we spent so much time doing that game. It was fantastic. Um, figuring out stuff, getting weapons, upgrading weapons, all the rest of it. But, yes, so Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil Revelations 2, Pinnacle, Resident Evil 4. Yes, I'd okay. say yes. Um, I've spent, just for basically time spent, and it's not one of those where I'll just play it to grind. It's every time I play it, I'm fully engaged. Fair enough. So, another game turned 22 this week. This week that we're recording in, not this week when this episode goes out. Remember the magic of podcasts. March so, 30th. We're recording this March 30th and... Um, brought to you live. Brought to, yes. According <laughs> to my sources, Tekken 2 turned 22 years old yesterday. Now, it's not the best Tekken game. That's In three. my opinion, Tekken 3 is the best Tekken game. But. Only because you played as Warang all the time. And your point is? You spammed the circle button, that's all you did. No, 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 no. You spammed the circle and then the X button, that's how you do it. Yeah, until you saw me play Has His Trainer Beak and I learned all four Tenet combos and kicked your teeth in. That's true. That, Flawless, not, I might add. I am every not going to lie, that is very true. But, so Tekken 2 um, turned 22 this week. Which I think is mad, because that means that game's been out for 22 years. If you look back at the console version of it, it's aged really well. Like, it yeah. hasn't aged as badly as Virtua Fighter. Cause, I mean, so, quick question. Which one came out first, Tekken 2 or Soul Edge? Ooh. Because Soul Edge had the better graphics, didn't it? For my money, it did, yeah. Like, you had, like, mm. the, you had, like the fabric animations, you know. Yeah, you had the fabric animations, like, and you had the extra... Like Soul Edge mode, which is story mode, oh, that with was your brilliant. missions, yeah, yeah. which got to a certain point and I just gave up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you had to, like, only, you can only deal damage to the enemy the whilst they're in the air and you're poisoned and you have four seconds to kill them. Yeah, and then one of them was you can only deal damage to the enemy once you break their weapon. And they always broke your weapon first. Yeah, so the point of the story mode was you chose a character and you had to move around this world. It wasn't the real world, you know, it was like a fantasy world. And each place that you moved to, there was a different person to fight. If you beat them, you would unlock a new weapon for your character. Which you could use in the main, the main yeah, game. Yeah, you could use the weapon in story mode, or you could use that weapon in the main game once you unlocked a different weapon, which kind of gave you the edge a bit, didn't it? Yeah, that was... Some characters, unless you played a Cervantes, which his, his Soul Edge weapons, they were just, his stats were just... 
Anyway, yeah, they were. They, they, they were just off the charts. Off the time, so. Yeah. so yeah, you're right. Yeah, Soul Edge. Soul Edge was a better in quotes fighting game because it had like. Full I, I was support. just talking graphics wise. Oh yeah, but it had full support for for moving into and out of the background of fog. Oh yeah, you could edge. Yeah, and yeah. you could knock them off the stage as well. Yeah, there was like a ring, like a stage ring out that if you knock them out, it had that was from Virtual Fighter. If you knock them out of the stage, you mm-hmm. automatically win. But and it had weapons, and you could swap the weapons out and that kind of thing. Just just small tangent. If you ever get the chance to listen to the intro track for that my god do it It is just it. Whatever you're doing, it it's like the the Alien Three music that I did a thing for. It, it'll just put you in the right mindset to kick the crap out of anything. Yes. It just gets you really yes. pumped up. Of fighting oh. video games, right? I I think that is the best intro music to a fighting game <sighs> ever. There hasn't been one that I've played that has that since or before that has set. Like for a one, like for a one v one versus one, player versus player, mm. um, in a small arena, be kicking ton, ten tons of snot out of each other. That kind of fighting game. There hasn't been another fighting game that has an intro intro song, which perfectly sort of matches the feel you have to get into. Mm. To it's one of those whenever we turned it on, when you turned it on, we left the intro. That's it. We never skipped it. Never skipped the intro. And it was in the game. It was never the full intro. So if you actually get the the actual track, Susie yeah, Kim, the, is it? I want to say Susie. I yeah, don't know. Susie Kim. It did, well, the 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 soundtrack itself is done by Namco's Khan Studios. Yeah. And I think yeah, the singer is Susie Kim. Yeah. Something like that. Should we hear? Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. put a link. Yeah. It's, Check the it's, show notes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth doing. But going back to Tekken. Yes, I think it's the only game where between us we just got everyone I mean, completely mm. from start to finish. We we didn't stop. Yeah, we got everyone, and um, we had our favourites. Obviously, mm. you had like um, Marshall Law backflipped a lot. Mm. Um, second one, so you had Jack who just did hammer wax. They hammer up, wax. Hammer wax. Ham, hammer punches. Whatever they're called. Then you had Yoshimitsu who just fell over a lot. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I was looking on the the X-Bone store. Yes. The other day, and just for like add-ons and stuff, seeing for my game, for any of the games that I've got that I haven't got yet. And the latest game, Tekken 7, the latest character is the main character, the prince from Final Fantasy 15, is been put into a Tekken game. I think that's a bit mad, considering you've got a, a, a Square Enix character mm-hmm. in a Tekken game, which is Nam- still Namco in it, yeah, yeah. right? Then you had, I found this for the Wii U version, you could have Cloud. In Smash Brothers, were you? You could have Ryu in Smash Brothers, were you? There was even Bayonetta. I didn't even know about that till the other day. Bayonetta in Smash Brothers, and I've got that for the Wii U. I don't know how I missed that. I think it was DLC. That's right. But yeah, it was just mad. Yeah. That, that happened. But Tekken Two, we we God, we we definitely got Sega Thumb playing that, didn't we? Yeah. Well, wrist, Sega wrist. I think the best thing because it, it went from just using your thumb. <laughs> that just sounds right, wrong. Cigarettes. It went from just using your thumb to sliding your hand to the right, and yeah. you've got all, all you've got three fingers yeah, for the yeah. four buttons, and you just mash if Ooh. you didn't know the combos. Cigarettes. So check the show notes. <laughs> um, Description for cigarettes. <laughs> but no. Um... <laughs> 
It sounds, it sounds like the butler from Tomb Raider 2. He's still locked in He's that, still locked in that still freezer, locked in yeah. Prison, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to touch on, we don't usually talk video gaming news because by the time the, the, the episode comes out, it's been months, so... Well, not months, but it's been weeks, so there's no point. But I want to do a shout-out to everyone who, unfortunately, used to work for Granger Games. Yeah. Because through university, I worked video game retail, mm-hmm. and... It is not easy. I remain convinced that everyone, no matter who they are, no matter what background they're from, should at least do six months in a form of retail at some point in their teens, in their late teens, early 20s, just so that you can get an idea of what's going on when you turn up to a shop and they don't have what you want on the day before a national holiday or three, like... During a big sale, I can't Yeah, we used... An example, I won't say which video game retailers I worked for, but an example would be someone would come in and they'd say, have you got a copy of whatever game we're looking for? And you'd look on the system and there aren't any in stock. And they'd say, but you had a copy two months ago. You know, and you're like, what do you want me to do? Go back in time and get the copy of the game? I seem to remember you, know, you telling me. Perhaps you should have bought the copy of the game two months ago when you saw this, it. You know? This is around the time that Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater came out. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me you were working at, I'll say, a store. And yeah, someone for came one in, of the video yeah, game retailers. one of the game video game retailers, and someone came in and said, "Excuse me, have you got a copy of Metal Gear?" And you said, "No, we don't do those games." Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it is a bit silly. Yeah, <laughs> I always remember that. No, of oh. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always the reaction of the guy, you know. <laughs> but that's anyone who works video games retail gets ultimate respect from me. Mm. Even even if you you know if you're doing it for the love of the game, for the love of selling video games, if you're doing it. Because it's the job that you have if you're doing it just to get you through university. If you're doing it as a manager and it's your long-term uh, goals, more power to you because it ain't easy. Mm. Um, and to put this into uh, context for the people who don't know the news story, what happened was earlier this week, again, the magic of podcasting, um, this is the week ending the 30th of March. So earlier this week, we're talking Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday the 28th of March, uh, independent video game retailer Granger Games announced that they, they were going to have to close half of their stores across the UK. And that added up to about 40 stores. So if you can imagine, that's maybe 20 people per store. Mm. Like, overnight lost their jobs. And then on Thursday morning, they announced to the public that they weren't sure about their future as a company. Thursday afternoon, they announced that the company had ceased trading. Everyone had lost their jobs. I just want to say that that's pretty mm. naff. Yeah. In fact, if you'll allow me to say, it's pretty shitty of something to happen. Yeah. And it's kind of, there's a bunch of politics and a bunch of reasons, well, not politics, but there's a bunch of reasons why it happened. And it's, most of it has got nothing to do with Granger. I, you know, their stores were pretty cool. And everybody who worked there, I'm sorry that it happened to you, is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty enough. Especially where I live, you know, just, just south of uh, Kirkland. What what would happen is you go into town and you've got like one of the video game retailers. I'm not going to say it. And you go in there and sometimes you'd have like a, a new release, and they'd put a five pound premium on it. Yeah. Just for the fact that they've got it, and you go there, and it's just a privilege of you buying the game off them. So, so you would you would walk twenty minutes across town to mm. Granger, and they would have it at either retail or cheaper price mm-hmm. and it's just that 20 minute walk and you wander there and you go oh I'll grab that and Granger for me was always good because I'd go in there and they would they would always have copies of the weird and wonderful games mm-hmm. I'll give you a prime example I got um, one of the Warriors Orchard games from there because I couldn't find it in 
the other place. I got Zombie Girl School Hunter from there because I couldn't find it in the other place. And that was the last copy and I was so grateful for finding it. That We mentioned that on an earlier podcast episode, the ones that we released over Christmas. Yeah, the one so where go back the, the bee almost left the room four times. Yes. And I forced so him to stay, <laughs> to stay, you know. Go back to those and re-listen to them, because yeah. they're loads of fun. Um, and they, they, they also sold, they sold like the PopCap things, which I got a few from mm-hmm. there. They had a, a, a retro section, so they you had did. like um, Game Gear, Mass System, mm-hmm. they had all the pads. I got my Resident Evil 2 pad from there. You did. And it was in um, the window for less than 20 minutes. So we haven't talked about that, but you've got a... Uh, I sent a tweet. This was before the podcast. It was, a, ago, wasn't it? It was yeah. a very long time ago. Before we started the podcast, you bought, and I sent a tweet, a couple of photographs of it out as a tweet. It doesn't really sell it that well, the tweet. It's a PlayStation... Was it DualShock? PS1, no. No, Not so it's a PlayStation controller before the DualShock. So it's up, down, left, right, digital pad. But if you, And I'll put some more photographs into the into the show notes, right? But you've got the shoulder buttons, and behind where the... Right-handed. Yeah, behind where the uh, X, circle, square, and triangle buttons are, there's a trigger. You pull the trigger, and it does the... Effectively, it's R1. It's a shortcut to R1. No, no, basically, how it is... No, how it is is you've got, like, um, square, triangle, circle, X, right? X was R1. And the right-hand side of the pad, instead of it being a pad, it was like a grip of a gun. Yeah, yeah. And X was the trigger at the back. Oh, right. So you you held it, and then it's like when you shot, you were doing that. Yeah, so you pulled the trigger on the back of the... You pulled the trigger, and that's how she was in. Whenever whenever I've I've played a few Resident Evil games since then, whenever I shoot, the pad jerks back like I'm actually shooting. Mm -hmm. I know I'm sad, but it's like, yeah, crazy pad! It's not sad at all. It's it's part of the motion It's got a little bit of... A little bit of wear and tear on it, but it's pretty much in really good nick. Yeah, and it yeah. was in the window for about an hour from the person yeah, who was yeah. working there told me. Yeah. One hour. And I went in there and bought it for mm-hmm. £15. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> so, to put your um, video game costings into perspective, most modern video games for the current gen consoles have an RRP of about 45 to £55. One specific video game retailer puts a £5 premium on you buying the game from them such that you can go into their store and it might be 60 pounds they walk out of their store two stores down and the same game is on sale for 35 pounds can be sometimes yeah. can be yeah most of the time with the big releases like the grand theft autos and the, the call of battlefields the call of <laughs> battlefields and the call of duties and the grand theft autos and the fifas and all that kind of stuff Usually you'll find two or three doors down the same game on release day for at least five pounds cheaper. Five pounds, ten pounds, fifteen fifteen pounds cheaper. I mean, from from where I am, you can go to this place, or you can go to somewhere, even somewhere like Argos or Tesco's, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll have it, and it'll either be actual price, it might be a little more, but you mm-hmm. could get it. I mean, sometimes I've gone to this particular place, and now now that Grange is gone. I'll I'll probably either check out Tesco's or I'll go see if they've got it in there and see if it's actual price. What you see what this is going to do is it's going to drive pe- more people online. It's going to drive people to buy their games online, uh, either a, a you know a physical copy online or a digital download online. And to be that. fair, it, we're doing that anyway. You know, yeah. the, if you look at like the PS4 has its monthly if you're paying for the gold subscription or whatever it is. Uh, 
Plus account. Yeah, if you've got a PlayStation Plus account, mm. then you get a free game every month anyway. And I've seen you, when you do it, you go, oh, I'll probably never play it, but I'll add it to my library anyway. Yeah, you add it to the library and it's yours. Yeah, exactly. Right? You've like got, the latest one I got was Bloodborne. Yeah, you've essentially got, in quotes, a free game. Mm. Whether you play it or not, I don't know. But that, you know, mm. and, and that's what's going to happen, is more more sales are going to go online. So you know, more, there's going to be fewer of these independent video game retailers, which is a bit of a shame, really. A lot of my current purchases are actually downloads. I'll purchase it, yeah. and then on certain things, if you pre-order it, you can download it beforehand. Mm-hmm. So that on release day, you just play it. Like I got Destroyers Nine, that was a download. I got um, Mass Effect Andromeda. I got, I mean, I could have got disc copies, but I got the the download version of Resident Evil Four, Five, and Six. Mm-hmm. So I played them again. Um, I got Revelations Two. Um, I got, I've got quite a lot, and I've downloaded it. And for me, it's not the fact of I don't want to go out and get the disc copy. It's the fact of sometimes I'm incredibly lazy and I don't want to change discs. <laughs> no, that's, so, that's fair enough. So, um, I mean, the last game I bought on disc was Resident Evil 7, like Fallout 4 before that. But yeah, it's, it's just pure laziness. Yeah, well, way. you know, that's fair enough. So, from that not very nice tale onto something slightly different, what I've been playing mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. was I played mostly the older games because I'm, I'm Linux and Mac OS and I do have... I've got a PlayStation 2. I've hooked, hooked that up to the TV. Uh, I was playing a bit of Persona 4 because I love oh, that game. Oh, the bigger... <laughs> yeah, so what's really cool about <laughs> Persona 4 is it's a, it's a standard, box-standard JRPG with elements of social stuff. So all of the Shin Megami Tensei and the Persona series of video games have this idea of you need to make sure that you're being social so you have your team of... your cast of characters... And by being friendly with them, building up social links, you make your your characters stronger, and your summons stronger, and your attacks stronger, and all but that. This is while juggling like uh, jobs and school. Yeah, work yeah. And well, stuff I like mean, it. yeah, it, it works almost as a, like a life simulator because you you've usually got a part time job you have to take part in. You've got the main game you've got to take part in. You've got to help your character study to achieve high high grades. And you've got to, you know, be social. It's really, you know, they're really cool. Also, they're while getting your head stuck in the TV in the mall. Yeah, in the fourth <laughs> one, yeah. But, um, but what's really cool about Persona 4, and I have no idea whether they've done this on any of the other games, because Persona 4 is literally the only one I've played in the series. I know that Persona 5 is out now, and it looks pretty sweet, if I'm honest. In Persona 4, you've got this random chance as you run into a battle, where if you, if you hit triangle, I think it is... Mm. Um, then it's like you a do, pop up on screen. Yeah, you, one of your characters says, "Hey, we could rush them." You hit triangle, and your characters rush in, and and like a, <laughs> it's really silly. You know the old cartoons where they had a fight, and you get the dust cloud, and, and arms get, like, and legs, and arms and legs, and biff, baff, boff, and stars and stars and different and shapes, and, that. and you hear like <laughs> <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I love that. And it is absolutely brilliant, yeah. you know? But that's not why I love the game. That's one of the reasons why I love this game. But I've been playing that uh, again. Um, and I've also been playing Evo, the Search oh, for the Eden. Oh, the SNES. Search for on Eden. The, oh, on the word. Super Nintendo, yeah. So Evo was a, J, a, a JRPG. Um, yeah, I suppose. Well, it's an RPG. I don't think it's a JRPG. Cause it's, either... it's, I'd say it's more action RPG. Yeah. Though, for the time. Like well, side-scrolling, in it? It was released by Enix who are famous for now being part of Square Enix, who also released, like, the Dragon Quest games, mm-hmm. which in America were called Dragon Warrior, I believe. The early ones were. Yeah, and weren't really that good until Dragon Quest Eight came out, when they got Akira Toriyama to do the character designs, and then... 
Well, character designs and boobage. It's a Kuritoriyama, that's what yeah. he does. Um, so he designed the characters for uh, Dragon Quest Eight, and then they used the same designs for Dragon Quest Nine, and the same designs for Dragon Quest Ten. And the same stories. <laughs> so yeah, Enix. This this was back before the merger, so this is early nineties. Yeah. yeah, and it's a bog standard Enix style RPG. So the, the point, best one, really. <laughs> well, of of Enix's catalog, yeah. it's in my opinion the best one of their games, and that's not saying much. So the point of this game, and it to be fair, I don't think you'd be able to release it as a modern game because oh, no. I feel there would be a lot of controversy around it. Only because of people having different opinions. Yes. That's all I'm going to go into with this bit, right? <laughs> I'm not going to go into the, the politics, the the science, the any kind of idea of why it would... Well, I suppose it's E-V-O, but I always say Evo. Evo, The Search for Eden, is a game where you are commanded by Gaia, who is the spirit of the Earth, to evolve. Yeah. You start as a fish, and you have to attack and then eat the other fish... To gain evolution points. That's right. it. Evolution, evolution points, and you could spend the evolution points evolving your character. And it basically the game revolves around the idea of survival of the fittest. Yeah. Because you can evolve parts of your creature during the early stages. You are a fish. You end up with a maybe a bigger dorsal fin, or you know stronger jaws. You end up with feet at one point whilst you're swimming. It's a bit like what was that PC game where you could do that? Spore. Spore. It's a little bit like oh, Spore. I love Spore. But like 10 years earlier. Um, and in that you spore. can evolve different parts of your, your creature's body to give them different stats. So like if you evolve their their teeth because you attack by chomping, then you you know, you know you build up your attack. You can also have a horn, almost like a narwhal. That's, that's and breakable that, though, isn't it, that one? Yeah, it is breakable, so you can only attack with it so many times. Yeah, so you have to be careful with that. That brings up your attack, but also makes things more likely to attack you. Yeah, you got like a like an aggro meter in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's it's it is it's interesting. <laughs> it's I, an experience, isn't it? Yeah, I I wouldn't sit down and play it for hours and hours and hours and hours, but it's a good way to waste an hour or two. Oh, yeah. If you've you know if you've got an hour or two to spend on playing a video game and you haven't played it before, it is worth worth playing. You get an idea of where the ideas for Spore came from. Well, a couple of reasons that it's, it's a good idea to play it for, a, like, you've got a spare hour or two. First of all, it's instant progression. So wh yeah. whatever you get, you can instantly see, and then there's progression. So you can go back and farm a bit and then get better stuff. You can also, um, also de-evolve. So if you evolve a bigger dorsal fin and realise, no, that's no good, you could pay a penalty and go back. Yeah, so you could do that. There was, it was like customization going forward and back. It's an older game. So the controls um pretty much four buttons, two shoulder, because it was a SNES game, wasn't it? So you had four buttons, two shoulder buttons, stance, so like that was it. Well, and yeah, you've got, you've got attack and attack across the A, B, X, Y. Yeah. Double tap e any direction to move quickly in those directions. Pause and menu, and that's it. Mm. So the control's pretty simple. Um, It's it's very cartoony. So it's it's not, obviously because it's a SNES, it's not graphically intensive. But there's there's two major things that really put it up as a game where you can just jump into it whenever you want. First of all, no DLC. And second of all, no updates and massive loading times. <laughs> Sorry, that's 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 a bit of a, a shot towards no, okay, modern yeah, games. That, Sorry, I yeah, can't help it. That, that could be said for anything from, from the Nintendo backwards. 
<laughs> yeah, but um, it's basically if you're a if you're playing games and you play like a serious RPG or a long-winded action game or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you just think right, I've I've got a spare ten minutes or I need to get off this for a, a, a few minutes. You get the edge to either beat something up or, or kill something in a game. I might add in a game. That's where games like uh, Streets of Rage, Street Fight, any beat 'em up will come in. Mm-hmm. This is a nice little one where not only can you beat stuff up, but you can progress as well. Yeah, you can kind of, to a certain extent, you can turn your brain off. Yeah, it's the type of game anyone who plays games in their arsenal where you think, I need a pretty quick instant win. Especially if you're playing something like Bloodborne or Dark Souls or mm-hmm. anything of that ilk, and especially recently Monster Hunter, because that's not that easy. You know, where you can just switch off. And you you just basically button mash push. It's not push X to win. It's push X to kick the teeth down the throat. Type yes, thing. And it's an instant win, and it, it it brings it just puts a smile on your face. For me, it's Streets of Rage. Mm. So I've played three ga- three games. Yeah, three games since I was last on an episode. Another game that I played. So there's Evo for the SNES, Power Blade for NES. So, which I have written about, so go to the show notes to find a link to the post that I wrote about it. You know, you make me tongue-tied. 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 When Why I can't I tell you clearly, clearly? Darby Durgle. Darby Durgle. Tongue-tied. Tongue-tied. Whenever you're around, around, my trousers, they go brown. Anyway, <laughs> If you know what that is, without Googling it, send us a tweet with hashtag tongue-tied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the other game that I've been playing recently is Power Blade on the NES. I have written an article about it, um, so go back and read the article. I'll put a link in the show notes somewhere. You're not playing it properly. You're not playing it with the advantage. No, stick, that's true. Um, are we not? I'm not. That's hard mode. Yes. Right. So there. the advantage stick. We've mentioned this a few times in our posts and a few tweets. The the advantage stick is quite frankly a massive joystick. But it was when we were younger. Yeah, it's not now. Um, no. So the so back when we had a NES when we were little ones, little ones, little ones. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking. I was a trainee cookie monster, a chocolate monster. Nineteen ninety one. Yeah, well, it came like out in the eighties, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it, 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 it came out then, but we had one in nineteen ninety one. And the arcade stick, we've put a picture up of it before, and it is uh, the advantage stick. Sorry, it is basically an arcade stick for the NES. With two buttons. I yeah. Feel. Well, I mean, the NES only had two mm. buttons, so it's like. A joystick on the left, which is about the size of... If you clench your fist now, that's about the size of the joystick. And two gigantic mm. buttons. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would give a listener the scale, the size and scale of a button that would be an international thing. But a gigantic button, maybe about, what, two inch? Uh... Right, so the special large edition of Reese's Pieces Cups. Ho, 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 I like right. this. Yes. That's how big they are. That's yes. one each. And when you're a small kid, I mean, the button was massive. You, you could push it with four fingers. Not only could you push it with four fingers, you could take your shoe off and whack the button and you'd only catch one of them. That's yeah. how big they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was brilliant and they were very robust because it had to deal with me smashing the crap out of both yeah. of them. As, as a wee little one. So, <laughs> technically, I guess I've been playing four games. Right, no, so I'll only talk about three. Right, so I've been playing that recently and it is loads of fun. Still loads of fun to this day. It's one of my favourite games ever. Right, so Power Blade, Nez, brilliant. I've written about it, go read about it. So before I go into the last one, in the time between recording the last podcast and recording this one, I have been to a hackathon in Nottingham. Whilst at, whilst in Nottingham, I went to the National Video Game Arcade, the NVA, I'll put a link in the show notes. They have, you walk in, you pay some money. There's free areas to go in, but you pay your money. You can come and go as you please all day. And they have 
three, I want to say, three flaws of video games. And they are flaws of video games. There's a room with two Wii U's with Mario Maker on it. There's a room that is chocked full of arcade machines. There's a room with a Commodore 64. There's there's, there's a reason why I haven't gone yet, because I wouldn't leave. Yeah, I almost didn't. Um, so to... I'd, I'd take a stove, a sleeping bag, you know, and, I'd, I'd, and, a, and a pair of handcuffs. I would handcuff myself to some part of that and not leave. So whilst I was there, right, they, I'm going to mention these games, but they are not, not in the same, these games I have played since last time. So the games I played, roughly in this order, Mario Maker, because, you know, you got it. They had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, arcade cabinet, in the original cabinet. With each. With each oh. each character in that sort of four-way spread. Oh. So I played that as Donatello, because you have to. I also played Moonwalker, the arcade game. <laughs> it's not an official cabinet, but it is set up for two players, so you can't get to the third character, which is the black suit with the red shirt and the red tie. I thought it was the the smooth criminal one. I don't know, but there's, yeah, there's three there's three character outfits, isn't there? Yeah, they also had. Well, while you're pondering that, they also had Sega Superstars Racing, which I played. Sonic One, which I played. Sonic Adventure Two, I played. Uh, Escape from the City on. It was the smooth criminal outfit for player one. Player two was what I referred to as blood on the dance floor. It was a red Michael, red suit, black shirt, red tie. Yeah, and the third one was the you rock my world outfit. So it was a black, black suit, suit, red, red shirt, shirt, black, black tie. tie. Right. Yeah, I always remember because I thought, was it blue? No, it can't have no, been because they all had different powers, didn't they? Yeah, I also right. So I played those. I also played the Star Wars arcade game, the one where you sit in the cabinet and you oh, have yeah. to with the joystick, joystick and you have and to like. Fight Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and you're on the, the forest thing, which you just smashed into a tree. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> I played that. That was loads of fun. The first time I'd ever finished that. I, I um, originally thought it was a lumberjack simulator because you smashed into a tree and it fell down. And the other game, Duck Hunt, on the NES, and that game is not as hard as I originally. I mean, yes, we were. So I cheated. <laughs> so like 1990, 1991, mm. I'd have been six. 91, you'd have been yeah. five. I'd have yeah, been three. four, five, maybe six maximum. You'd have been three, four, five maximum playing Duck Hunt. So we did get up to the screen and put the gun against the screen because we were little, right? They actually have an hockey you have to stand at. So that's a line on the floor for when you're playing darts <laughs> that you have to stand at. Otherwise, your class is cheating. Nice. And I, I think I've got photographs on my phone. I got to level 20. It's just, just a really quick tangent. Yeah. I'd just like to add, if anyone's got a Oculus Rift or a Valve Vive, I think it's Valve, I don't know, or a Vive, you know, the, the VR things. Mm-hmm. If you get the chance, it's less than £15, get a game called um, Duck Season. It was created by a YouTuber, Yeah. right? And what it is, it's based around a haunted NES cartridge of uh, Duck Season, which is pretty much Duck Hunt. Okay. But when you play the game, you go into the game and you've got a shotgun and there's the dog there yeah. and you shoot um, ducks. Yeah. And if you actually turn round, you see like the screen and the little kid you are. Weird stuff starts happening. I'm not going to mention anything. Please look it up. If you've got Steam, have a quick look. If you want to look on YouTube for people playing it, you will absolutely love it. It is a real twist on Duck Hunt. You nice. you will love it. I saw someone on it on YouTube the other day. Oh, I was laughing my head off. That sounds yeah, that was That was just a quick thing, um, a quick aside. Yeah, so this, this video game, I'd, I'd just like to add as well, with Gabrogman here, when he was in Hackathon, he won his, uh, his I, I didn't win. Your team, team won. Yeah, your team won your category, didn't you? Team Merge Conflicts won. <laughs> That's what we called ourselves, the Merge Conflicts. Nice. We won two of the three categories oh, we entered. Nice. Yeah. 
So I still, two, two of three. So I still haven't managed to show you all the stuff that I won, have I? That what, we like the raspberries and yeah, yeah. Stuff. So I haven't. You showed you me quick pictures. So yeah. related to the video game stuff, um, we each got a builder bear of the four starter Pokemon. Now you told me that Pikachu isn't a class as a part, but from those four games, the four starter Pokemon. I think I won because I got Pikachu. <laughs> I didn't want Pikachu. The electric mouse. I wanted Bulbasaur. But we just went with whichever box we got given. Yeah. But that's fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the other game that I played whilst I was at the NVA is absolutely... Oh, my God. I can understand why it won awards. It's brilliant. They've got it set up in, like, a blue tower in a room with lighting that's meant to make you feel... Un- slightly uncomfortable like it's, it's weary it's like eerie yes eerie yeah, like i don't think it was meant to be eerie but i felt a bit weirded out whilst i was in the room and there's this screen right and it's a it's an award-winning game it's called there is no game yeah right you're looking at the screen and it just says there is no game and you get this like voiceover they've put subtitles onto it because you can't hear it because of all the sounds around you and when you start playing it there is no game you may as well walk away there's no game here don't worry about it there's no game here don't tap the screen. Seriously, don't tap the screen because there is no game. And you tap the screen and it goes, why'd you do that? I told you not to. <laughs> and like, when you, first time you tap the screen, the letters jiggle. So you're like, hang on a minute. You tap it again and then the letters fall off of where they are down to the bottom of the screen. And you get this, what did you do that for? And like, the game is subtly telling you what to do by telling you what not to do, yeah. if that makes sense. So it's, it's along the same lines of like Stanley Parable. Yeah, uh, that yeah. where it, it narrates you doing it. If you don't yeah. follow his instructions, he's sarcastic to it. Kind of, but it's definitely that's one that it, it is available for free on Android. I know that much because I looked into it and I can get it on my phone. You should definitely play it this afternoon because <laughs> it is amazing. There is no game. I think it's available on iOS, but yeah, it's brilliant. It absolutely fantastic. Definitely, definitely play that game. The other game I played, which was not at the National Video Game Arcade, because I I was there until. Like they they had, kicked you out, didn't they? They had to send someone up to ask me to leave. Because everyone, <laughs> like, there was someone standing there watching me play Duck Hunt, and I was like, I'm sorry, no, I've got to turn up, I'm off, yep, no problem, thank you very much. And to be fair, I was only in there for about three hours. <laughs> well, I was in there for three hours. I walked in, paid my money, got my stamp, because you get a stamp on the wrist, had a look around, and then went and got some food, because I'd been travelling all day. Had the day off work to go to Nottingham the day before the hackathon. Got there, got a, a stamp on my wrist, played a few games, and then went and got something to eat. And then I went back, played a few more games, until it was time to kick me out. And then I went back to where I was staying at the Airbnb, recorded a little video of how to prepare for a hackathon. And I didn't go again, right? But that was brilliant. At the hackathon, one of the things that they do is they don't want you to sit at your computer. And, I mean, I'll link to an episode of The Cynical Developer where the folks who organised the hackathon talked about what you're supposed to do out there hackathon they don't want you to sit at your computer all day just sort of hunched over because you're there for 24 hours you can come and go as you please but the competition is 24 hours they have like entertainment and they have music on and they have games board games video games they have a chill out room they've got uh, massages which sounds a bit freaky but a bit yeah it sounds a bit <laughs> ooh, but it's fully clothed like you know that kind of thing uh, but they also had at uh, this one a vr room you went up and somebody had set up their playstation 4 with the PS VR, yeah, and I played Super Hot. Yeah, um, I got that recently. It was on Game Xbox Live for free, mm-hmm. and 
I've, I'm, I'm very sensitive to lights and the loading screens. There's a lot of flashing lights. There is, yes. Yeah, so um, like... so I, I had to like cover my eyes when that happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't realise until it first happened. But I've seen that played all the way through. Mm -hmm. It's got a really weird story to it, hasn't it? I, I didn't play it for the story. I wasn't even paying attention to the story. But like the gameplay is fantastic. Yeah, so time only progresses when you move. That's it, yeah. yeah. So when you move your body, you can turn your head and time doesn't move. But if you move like so, slowly, it moves. Yeah, yeah. So you've got you've got your headset which controls, so it tracks your head. So you're looking around and that like all of ER games do. But you've got what are they called? The PlayStation nunchucks, whatever they are. You've got a set over there, but you know oh, what I mean? two sets over there. Um, do you know what I mean? Move the, controls. The, yeah, the move controllers, right? And the move controllers, each one represents one of your hands, like in all VR games. And the idea is these polygonal, polygonal, po polygonal. Polygonal, whatever. The, whatever that word is, shapes move at you. They look like humans, but there is. It's not designed to be humans, but you know what I mean. They're orange, like faceless people-like people. shapes yeah. running at you, attacking you, and it's like a John Woo movie. Everyone's coming at you in slow motion, and you've got to sort of defend yourself. You might have to punch them or grab a gun and shoot them. But like you say, time only progresses when you move. So as long as you stay really still, you can look around the room and find out where everything is and plan your assault. And then as you move to pick up the gun, they'll come running at you. It does weird things like you can pick up a knife. And if someone shoots you, you can cut the, the bullet in the air. That's an achievement. And then and then the knife is no good, right? Yeah. But you can, like, if you, if you bop someone on the head and they've got a gun, they'll then drop it and you can reach out and grab it. Yeah. You can shoot the next person. It's really, really cool. It got really, really repetitive very quickly. It gets annoying, doesn't it? Some yeah. of the challenges. But it's really cool. So I played that. Yeah. That that was loads of fun. Especially after having done a you know, twenty four hours of doing loads of coding. But yeah, uh, I'm tempted. I can't, I can't exactly relate to that, I'm not good No, but, <laughs> but okay. Do do twenty four hours of constant concentration and then to like what you do for work. I'm then, not doing that yeah. for more than eight hours. No, but you know um, what I mean. Yeah, so do yeah. But anyway, right. <laughs> so yeah, I did that, and that's about it, really. What else? I don't think I've played anything else recently. I really should be, you know, playing more games. I I haven't played anything new, but I've gone back to something that I I keep going to. Oh yeah. Um, especially with a few problems that I've had, a uh, bit of a distraction. I created my first epic build on Diablo three. Oh yeah. To the point where um, I set up a few skills which are like passive. Yeah. And then it's I've literally turned one of my characters in, run into a room, push this button, everything dies, move on. Do you know what I feel like we should do? Right? <laughs> we should have you and G. G is a friend of the show. They call him G. His identity a mystery. Formerly the silver-haired fox. Talk about Diablo 3. <laughs> have you got a spare three days? <laughs> That's fine with me. I feel like it should happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've you've got spare eight hours, have you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if 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 you got G on the show, you'd find out a few things like the the shenanigans we get up to online, um, the origin of the cry of my battle people, which mm. is just me screaming hammer at the top of my voice. Of um, which game that came from? Because it wasn't Diablo Three. All right. Um, you find out that the bee was actually there, and the conception of that war cry. He was actually in the same game, so you, you'll find out that in particular. But the um, the epic builds, I, I look online for. You've got like the main game, which I've done that many times that it doesn't phase me anymore. Mm -hmm. And you've got adventure mode, and then just to keep people, just to keep it fresh, you have like rifts, mm -hmm. which you can get bonus stuff, and then you have greater rifts, which you've got to get little stones for. Mm -hmm. And the greater rifts give you more difficulty than the main game gives you. So you've got like torment, 
level is once you've gone past hard, like insane master, mm-hmm. then you've got torment, which mm-hmm. is like the next leg up. And each each torment level that goes up, your damage goes from like like a couple hundred thousand. I'm currently capping about three quarters of a billion. Wow. And a couple of billion, and I'm not even on the highest torment level. Wow. You get main story torment level 13. Mm-hmm. If I were to equate it now with the character I've got, I'm on like torment level 19. And it just gives you a greater challenge. And the thing is, that the further you go in that, you can, the stuff you get in that, you can port to other characters. This is how I'm getting epic build stuff from the other characters. Mm. And it's just a greater challenge. It gives me a chance to play as characters that I wouldn't normally play as, in a style that I wouldn't normally play as. And I'm trying to get a build for each character type because it's six, I think, six or seven, where it's basically I set up a few skills and then I push one button and things die around me. I've got two of them so far. I've only got four to go, but they take a while to build up. Mm-hmm. But I've got two of them. The first one was with a barbarian. It's a build around a skill called Hammer of the Ancients. And what you do is you use their primary skill called Fury mm-hmm. and you just you summon a, a, a massive hammer and you hit the ground. And anything near you just dies. And it's to a point where I'm hitting with a hammer so fast that anything around me, if it's not dead within two, it's, it'll be dead within three. And my fury never goes down. So whenever I attack, in my mind, I hear the um, the, the Hammer Brothers tune from Smash Brothers. <laughs> so I, I hear that whenever I do it. And then my, my current build, which is the epic one, the, the one I'm rocking a lot, is a demon hunter. Now, natural, now normally, they're what are called squishies. So you set up your skills, you attack from a distance. If you get into the scrum, you get your, your butt whooped very quickly. All right, yeah. You'll get your butt handed to you. But if you set up the skills properly, you can stand at the edge of the screen where they are, fire in a direction, and then keep going. Because by the time they get hit, you've whizzed by them, and they're all dead. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the, the build I'm rocking at the moment. Just, next, you know. I like it. Um, and it's very quick as well. I'm, I'm trying to build up the other characters, and they're very slow in comparison. And I'm sort of sat there going, come on, come on, come on. Because I've played the mm-hmm. demon that much, but I've been doing that, so I've got two epic builds on the go. That's on the Xbox, and I'm trying to do the same on the PC version, <laughs> but that's slow as well because I ain't got the the speed. And I've I've got further than I have I ever have on um, Pokemon Ultra Sun because I I got Pokemon Moon it came out, got so far I got stuck and then stopped. All right. And I got Ultra Sun, um, implementing all the tricks I knew from the previous game, even mm-hmm. though this one's harder. Yeah. And I was stuck on a certain part. And instead of Pokemon Gyms, you get Island Trials, where they are in- intentionally really difficult. And it's less of, this is super effective against that. You've got to use more tricks than that. You've, you've got to think, it's it's, it's kind of like a, a battle slash puzzle. You've got to mm-hmm. think of a way out of it. And I got past this one, and it's snowballed, and I'm further than Ike at the moment. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, he's 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 played the previous ones, he's completed it. He's, he, he takes his time, he gets the right, right team. I just beast through it as quick as I can. Normally, but I've I've sort of I've got a thing in Pokemon games where I have a team that you only get like six, and they've got super effective moves against everything. So I go through, and then if I go into a battle and it's oh they've chucked out this, okay, flip, bang, next, bang, it's really quick. Uh, it, it takes a while to set up, but once you've got it set up, you, you just once you get to the point where it's set up, the game's incredibly downhill after that. Yeah. And I like just coming and going, oh yeah, right, next, exactly, you got next, yeah. But there's an element of, there's a thing called a, a Pokemon Playgo in it. If you imagine a Facebook game, 
you, know, you do something, you leave for half hour, you go back. Kind of like in Candy Crush or Zuma. You know, half an hour for an, another credit. And you can get um, Pokemon Beans, which you can give to your Pokemon, which enhance your abilities. You can you can develop aisles where you can you send Pokemon off, off into a cave and they'll bring you uh, rare treasures back. Mm-hmm. Like little stones and stuff. And you can plant berries instead of going to places in the, in the, the overworld. And you can plant them and the Pokemon will tend to them as well. Anywhere in this polygon, the Pokemon do it. And it's basically... If you played Pokemon in the past, like from the start, like I have, when you put the Pokemon in the box, they're just in a box. And you just think, oh, I'll just keep going. But then you're trying to catch them all, but you can only have a team of six, or a lot of them are in the box doing nothing. It's a nice way to think that if you go to this little Polego place, all your Pokemon that you caught there are doing something. They're either socialising around this massive beanstalk that gives you berries, or they're um, tending to plants, or they're, uh, they're going in a cave to shiny hunt, or they're relaxing on another island. Or they're training on a fifth one. So you get five different islands. And every time that you set them to do some on it, it's real game time. So what I do is I, I, I set something going. You give it you give beans there and it'll cut the time by half. Turn the game off. I go to work. I come home. And then by the time I come home and check it, it's done. <laughs> so the time I'm not actually playing games, where I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff to get money to fuel my gaming habit, mm-hmm. the game is continuing and um, I can continue on so for me there's there's no difference i go to work i come home i just continue and it's there you know i used to do the same with bravely default had a similar thing to that mm. you could rebuild a town and you use real game time to rebuild a town unlock paths um upgrade shops and what i did was i i, I started the game and then it said here's the town and i spent about a week just having it on while i was asleep full upgrading the town so then when i started playing the game again if i had enough money i'd go to the town go to the shop get what i needed and then go back to the main game <laughs> a reverse of microtransactions you wait a week Everything unlocks. Yeah. And then you go do it instead of just paying extra money and locking it straight away. Well, it essentially made the game a little bit easier as long as you were yeah. willing to... You know, for people who couldn't who couldn't play it for whatever reason, I found it difficult, you could do that. Mm. And it would, you know, it would make it make it a little bit easier for them. So you've been listening to the Waffling Tailors podcast. Head over to wafflingtailors.rocks to get all of the show notes and all the posts we've ever done and all that kind of stuff. Links to stuff. Uh, we're on Twitter, at wafflingtailors. We're on Facebook, look for us for Waffling Tailors, all that kind of stuff. If you enjoy it, tell your friends. Maybe go to iTunes or any of the like Podchaser, any sites like that. Leave us a little review. Tell us how we're doing. Get in contact with us over Twitter or um, on Facebook. Tell us what you think of the podcast because it really helps us to sort of gear it yeah, to, to people. Also on top of that, and even now that we have got like most of the time we've got limited time on our hands, but if you've got any ideas of games you think we should try, and give your that's, opinion on that's a cool idea because that was like sexy brutal didn't you yeah I haven't had a chance to play that's the last podcast by the way yeah um, previous quick episode plug. Um, yeah. I haven't had a chance to play that um, I haven't had a chance to do much yeah, really that's fine but you know I, I will get around to doing it yeah it's fine um, um, if you get stuck let me know and I can I can get some help for you from uh, White Mage and Red Mage because yeah, they are about it, they know that game backwards and forwards just some sort of idea, or yeah, if, if you've you got want a, to, yeah, you know. set as a challenge of playing a game. I mean, we might not get around to it. If you want, there are podcasts where people do that. We might, we may do it, we may not. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. If if it's something that sounds interesting and we've we've either never never tried or tried when we were younger and never went back to it, yeah, give it a go if we get time. You know. Yeah, of course. But yeah, we'll leave it there. I think. Um, uh, so we will catch you another time. You want to say goodbye, Squidgy? Goodbye, Squidgy.
Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by G.H. See the show notes for more details. You've been listening to the Waffle and Taylors podcast. Check out waffleandtailors.rock. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me, by the way. That was very rude. Unseen. <laughs> <laughs>